Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. In Mi'kmaq tradition, death and the spirits of the departed are very important. In times when travel was very difficult, Mi'kmaq people would travel hundreds of kilometers to take part in the burial ceremony of a friend or relative. They would bring gifts that would be buried along with the departed. I take you from tradition to the present day in Cornerbrook and a forgotten cemetery with special Mi'kmaq significance. It's on Riverside Drive, just east of the old gypsum plant. Buried here are the descendants of Jane Matthews and Ralph Brake, and likely Jane and Ralph themselves. Jane was a Mi'kmaq woman, and Ralph was one of the first Europeans to settle in the area. Together, they had ten children. Two of those children, Edward and Robert, are confirmed to be buried in the cemetery. Many Halibu members and applicants trace their Mi'kmaq heritage to the breaks. How sad, then, that the remains would lie unmarked and neglected under tons of debris and gravel fill. The burial site is on or near land that used to be owned by the Lundrigans. When they went bankrupt, the land was acquired by a company called Noton Enterprises Limited, spelled N-O-T-O-N. Corporate records show that the sole director of Noton is Kathleen Watton. Noton's registered office is 133 Riverside Drive, which is also the location of the office of lawyer Graham Watton. Noton has been trying to sell or develop the former Lundrigan's land for years, but so far nothing has happened on that desolate section of Riverside Drive. But now the area is in play. There are reports that Beothic Energy is interested in a site next to the cemetery for a fabrication plant for its billion-dollar wind farm project. And an ad in the Western Star in May 2016 touts something called the Brakes Cove Development Site, 20 acres of the largest commercial waterfront property available in Cornerbrook, it says. The development will include a 30-unit condominium complex, retail and office development, and a warehouse complex. The cemetery is only a small part of the 20 acres, but the cemetery is front and center of the photo contained in the ad. The ad lists contact info for Graham Watton. You can see the ad on the Mi'kmaq Matters Facebook page. What does all this mean for one of the most sacred sites in the Bay of Islands? Does it pose the threat of further degradation? Or is there an opportunity to reclaim the land and honor it for its sacred significance? We have two guests this week. We're speaking with Martha Drake, the provincial archaeologist for Newfoundland and Labrador. The site is officially designated by the province as a cemetery. I asked Martha Drake what are the implications of that designation for a future development. But first, Benjamin Hines. He grew up near the cemetery. He remembers as a boy playing baseball on the site and seeing grave markers, headstones and wooden crosses. In fact, the boys used the headstones as bases. Hines' ancestors are buried there also, and he thinks the site should be marked in a manner that befits the special place it is. This is coming from my heart, and when I look at it today, as compared to when I grew up, I don't think as a, a native person and as a Mi'kmaq, I am fulfilling one of the things that we should do as Mi'kmaq people. Mm. And that basically is we should leave the earth 
in a better condition than what we found it. Yes. Or the same condition now, anyway. And you and this is and this is your this is your territory because you grew up up here somewhere. Yes. Uh, just behind us. This yes. is we're just on the side of Riverside Drive. Yes. And of course back in the day this was we were almost on the water's edge right here exactly. where we're standing. Right all, where we're standing right now, this was part of the Canadian National Railroad, the Newfie Bullet. The Newfie Bullet, yes. The Newfoundland Railway. And directly right here, just down to my left, was the site of the uh, Roundhouse mm. and the maintenance department of CN Rail. Yes. Okay, so my father and my father's brothers and my uh, cousins... And their fathers worked with Canadian National Railway. Yes. Okay. Now let's let's walk down here because if we walk down here, this because of all the fill that's gone in here, you can't really tell yes. that, that this was Briggs Point. Exactly. What what we're seeing here now, if you will point, uh, uh, is the basically location of uh, I I can tell you exactly who lived there. Mm. Okay. Uh, over to my left was uh, was the Prospers. And we're, when, you, when you say left, you're, you mean uh, west towards, towards the gypsum plant? gypsum plant. Yes. Okay. Uh, it was the Pennies, the Prospers, the Parks, the Brakes. Hmm. And further up here were, uh, to my right, that was the, uh, uh, the site of uh, the Parks and uh, the Beatons. Hmm. And, uh, God... There's a few more houses up here. So right? when, you, when you were a kid, when you were uh, five or six or seven years old and you first remember this place, what, what did it look like at that time? If we could go back all those years okay. and look from where we are, what would we see at that time? What you would basically see, looking down where we're to now, we would be standing approximately on the railroad track. Hmm. And just directly below us would be a beach, Okay. And on that beach, it was a sort of a sandy beach, and there was water. And where we looked to my left, there was houses along that beach, mm -hmm. extending right to my right. As you can see, there's an eagle flying right here now. Mm, right there, look, yes, there's an eagle. Yes, yes, yes. And right to my right, there was a beach that extended further up, going up to what we call the... Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the the wood, mm. the, the, the boom yes. that the Bowaters had. Now, what, what is your first memory of, the, of, the, of what we call now the cemetery, uh, the headstones? There were headstones yes. in this area. And what, what do you remember of those, of those headstones? Were they headstones or were they wooden, yes. cr were they wooden yeah. crosses? Well, a combination of both. I re remember as, a, as a, a boy, I guess I was five or six years old, and uh, I can remember going down to the beach with my father, Boris Ben Hines. That's where he had his boat, and he put his boat right next to Johnny Brake's place, which was right adjacent to the cemetery, the property. Hmm. And I remember, uh, as, a, as a boy, strolling through the cemetery and uh, looking at some headstones. There was basically a couple, you know, pretty big headstones, but there was also some small ones, and I remember some headstones there, where it looked like children on it, right? That, children. That there the, were children buried there. Yes, like mm. children, the the, the 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 sculpted into the headstone, mm. and basically a lot of them are also comprised of white wooden crosses, mm. 
and I remember walking around. And to my recollection, there was from uh, probably 10 to 30 people buried there. Mm. And, and there was two, two or three predominant headstones there. And the two or three predominant ones, were they the older, most respected people? I, I, I couldn't or? tell you because at that age, mm. at that age, I was just processing yes. the site. Now, I understand... But, uh, but later on, yes. later on, I had a, as I grew older, we used the beach as a place for our enjoyment. Like play, we played ball in what we call Granny Parks Field, and it, and unfortunately, uh, I guess due to weather, due to vandalism, a lot of the headstones that were there were broken apart, and we used them. We used them as bases yes. when we played ball. Mm. They were flat, right? Mm. Yes. They were flat, and being kids from here, we, we utilized whatever we could at the time. Yes. So we used them as bases. And, and did you have an understanding at that time that the people buried there were, were, the, were the ancestors? Many of these people up, up here, I, I suppose, would be from the Brakes uh, yes. family. Yeah. And uh, did you guys know that this was uh, the, the old people that were buried here? Uh, I knew, I knew uh, it was uh, because I, I seen at that time, or just shortly after, I seen a, 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 a thing in the Western Star, it should be in the newspaper, where a couple of sites were uncovered and the bodies were exhumed yes. right on the beach. Mm. And it showed, and I think it identified the bodies as, as uh, Edward Brake, which mm. would be my grandfather, yes. great-great-grandfather, yes. and a loader, I think. Mm. From across the bay. Yes. So uh, uh, that's where the loaders are now, anyway. Yes. And uh, but in regards to names and, and things like that, I can't recall what yes. exactly their names were. Yes. I would. My grandmother tells me or told me I can remember vaguely that there were Indians buried there as well. Yes. And it could be that uh, that Gene Matthews and Ralph Brake, in all probability, are buried down there somewhere because this was Ralph Brake's. This I'm, was his area. This is where he caught salmon. This is yes. where the brakes made their money here yes. off, the, off the salmon. Yes. Well, uh, like I know Ralph Brake uh, was uh, married Jane Matthews, and they, they were somewhere in the Bay of Islands. But I can, I can tell you categorically that, uh, that I think Edward Brake, hmm. the second, there was two Edward Brakes. Yes. Edward Brake II, which was my grandmother's father. Mm. He was married to uh, Josephine Duval. Mm. I can tell you that, uh, uh, that uh, one of the Brakes, which one, I couldn't tell you for sure. Mm. You have to remember that uh, the period I'm talking about from my recollection uh, is a period of age when I was anywhere from five to six yes. to 11, 12, 13 yes. years old. And do you remember, so here now, this uh, this area has been, I think we could say, despoiled with yeah, all well, this all actually, this Actually, if you look at this, and when did, underneath when did this, this is garbage. Uh -huh. This used, this, the, the, it, they, they started a garbage dump here. Mm. And the last person to leave was John Brake. Mm. And I remember, I remember going down and seeing Johnny and him looking out the door. And every day, the garbage got closer and closer to him and higher and mm -hmm. higher. Mm -hmm. And they basically, in my humble opinion, and uh, this is not confirmed by any member of the family, but I, I, I felt that he was heartbroken mm -hmm. because he had to leave. His father had land up here, and this is where he mm -hmm. built. I see, yes. Yeah. 
So here now, we have the, down here somewhere, there are probably still some graves that are buried, well, that are buried over. There are, there are uh, I can tell you, down here there are grave sites. Whether the remains are still there or decomposed totally or gone, I couldn't tell you. But it's a sacred, in my humble opinion, it's a sacred site where people were buried and they should be there forever. Their souls are still there. Yes. So what do you think should happen to the site? Because up here there are some, uh, just to the west here, there's some development plan for that site. And then we have the old Lundrigan site all the way down here. And yeah. here we have this, uh, this, these sacred grounds. So yes. what do you think should happen to these grounds? Well, I, I, think, I think that uh, you can't undo the past. The grounds are done, they're buried in and everything, but I think it should remain as a sacred site. I think the grounds should be left alone, reclaimed by the forest and everything here, markers put here to identify that it is a sacred site, to identify that it is the location of the first settlers, other than uh, the Mi'kmaq who married, the first settlers here in Hummermouth, which is a community uh, of the city of Cornerbrook. Mm. And, uh, there should be something recreational done here, like a walking trail out around to connect it and everything. Yes. I think if any anything should be done here, it it should be it should be a, a soft recreational type to do it in conjunction with other developments. Yes. Not any not any major developments like a, a, a huge building. There's still some work to do on reclaiming uh, these uh, sacred grounds for their for an appropriate purpose. Exactly, and uh, this uh, this particular ground is sacred, but it's it's in very environmentally sensitive as well. Mm. This is the place where, uh, basically, the brood stock from the Hummer River in regards to salmon and everything, the salmon mm. smoke. This area here, this whole area, is where they climatize first initially before they migrate back out to the ocean, mm. and uh, the eels that come in here. They climatize and spend the, the little little uh, eels that come from the Sargassum Sea. They they climatize themselves before they enter the Humber River system and the various mm -hmm. rivers. The birds, as you've seen, eagles and everything fly around here. This is where they spend the winter and everything. So it should not. What's done is done, in my humble opinion. Pardon me. What's done, as you see, the amount of infill that's been done here and the garbage put here, it's done. Okay, we can't undo it, but what we can do as a community, as human beings, we should be able to halt this useless, you know, thing about our land, mm -hmm. taking the land and sacred places away, and be constructive about things, mm -hmm. okay, and make it something useful that future generations can look at mm -hmm. and have some enjoyment, like yes. I did when I was a child. Benjamin Hines Though you wouldn't know it as you pass on Riverside Drive, the site has been officially designated by the province as a cemetery. Martha Drake is the provincial archaeologist for Newfoundland and Labrador. She says the cemetery is registered both with the province and the city of Cornerbrook, and that restricts future uses for the site. Anything that disturbed the remains would not be allowed, she says. Uh, we are aware of the existence of uh, an old graveyard um, in the area of Brakes Cove. We're assuming it is Brakes Cove because of newspaper reports and uh, local people 
uh, reported it as being so in that location. Um, other than that, we know very little. Uh, we have not visited the site ourselves, so we can't confirm exactly where it is. And in terms of the the regulations and the law apply that applies to these sites, is that uh, the city of Cornerbrook, uh, the province of Newfoundland, which level of government is responsible for such a site? We both would be, uh, really. Uh, the Historic Resources Act, which is a piece of legislation I work with, uh, protects historic human remains, and uh, certainly this is an older cemetery. Uh, the city of Cornerbrook, of course, would be responsible for issuing any permits uh, for development, and uh, we would work together if uh, development uh, was proposed for the area. And and what would happen? So uh, the the property currently is privately owned. Uh, so if the owner were to uh, want to develop the site or were to sell the site to someone else and there was a development idea in mind, um, what would happen? I suppose the first thing the uh, developer would do would be to go to the city of Cornerbrook. And what would happen then in terms of, uh, uh, of permits and uh, allowances and that sort of thing? Right. Well, any development would have to be approved by the city of Cornerbrook. Any building or, as you say, condo development, anything. Uh, when uh, the city of Cornerbrook would receive an application for development, uh, they're aware that they would contact us and send us a copy of the development plans. And we would review them against what we know of uh, the site. It would depend on... You know, a lot depends on the type of proposal, but I think we just have we would have to wait, you know, for Cornerbrook and the province to make a determination whether the graves would be impacted by this type of development. So you you seem to seem to be suggesting that some things might be allowed and some things would be um, you might have concerns. So does right. that range along the? the the scale of development or the impact of the development in terms of the excavation that might be required, that sort of thing? Right, yes. It's purely if the graves are not to be disturbed, uh, because apparently there's a lot of fill on top of the graves, which were buried already, so it, it seems like there's quite a buffer there between the surface and where the graves may be. Uh, Non-intrusive uh, projects, for example, is a you know, a park or interpretation or a picnic area, projects that have minimal disturbance. Um, you know, I can't see us having a concern with the graves for a project like that. If one is bringing uh, the whole area down to bedrock or down to uh, the glacial till, that's another thing because uh, presumably then you would run into the graves. So we'd have to evaluate the possibilities of impact to the cemetery. And is the the status of that site on uh, registered somehow? When someone went to uh, City Hall in Cornerbrook and brought up the the records for that site, is it uh, would there be some official um, 
stamp, some notification, some note on the file that it is a cemetery. Uh, through our office, you mean, or with the city? Through the city of Cornerbrook. Is there some link between your your knowledge of the site as a cemetery and what's on the records at Cornerbrook? Or is it possible that 10 years from now, once um, we've all moved on and people have uh, <laughs> forgotten what's there, that um, in the midst of time, um, you know, uh, people might have forgotten that it was a cemetery? Right. We have, uh, no, it, it's on record between, with the city of Cornerbrook. I believe we're reviewing their uh, municipal plan, and uh, we noted that the sites were there. They're very well aware of the cemetery themselves, and uh, the cemetery has been designated in our uh, inventory, archaeological site inventory, mm -hmm. uh, because we know there's a cemetery there. So uh, the city is aware of it. It's on record the city, and it may even be in their plan, I don't know, but we did comment, you know, on the sites that were in Cornerbrook, mm -hmm. and uh, so certainly, um, regardless of we're all gone and retired and on to other things, uh, both offices, certainly mine, has a complete record, and if anything, uh, development were proposed, whether I was here or not, the next person's certainly going to know, because it's right there on the on file. And presumably it is with Cornerbrook in their official files. Martha Drake, Provincial Archaeologist for Newfoundland and Labrador. FYI, I reached out to Graham Watton. Among other things, I wanted to ask him if Noton would be willing to gift the small area of land containing the cemetery so it could be preserved as a sacred burial ground. Graham Watton did not reply to my email or my phone messages left at his home and office. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Migma artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. There are a number of ways to listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes. Listen on Bay of Islands Radio, boir.ca on Thursday at 6 p.m. And in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, tune in on Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m., 95.9 and 98.1 FM. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.